All right, well, hey, guys, I want to say hi to you. My name is Mark. If today's your first time here, I'm the lead pastor. We're excited to have you guys here uh, today. And if you are new, maybe you're here for the first time, you're a returning guest, you've been a couple of times, uh, but we've got a free gift for you, like Dana said there in the video, and all you've got to do is fill out that card, take it to the welcome area. After the service, we'll get you uh, your free gift. But if you're here and I've never met you, never shaken your hand, um, I'm always at the welcome area after church. I'd love to meet you really quick after church, just say hi to you. And uh, just thank you for being here. Hey, one thing we didn't mention uh, in the video is tonight is students. Here we go. I thought, see, last week Hunter and I had a conversation that he was going to make like, like a big pep rally, like a huge cheering moment. I don't feel like, let's do that again, Hunter. Let's get, you guys need to get ready here. Let's do that again. I thought you guys were really going to do something special here. Let's do that all over. Hey, if you guys are here and you're a teenager, you've never been to students, tonight is students. There we go. There it is, right there. Tonight, students, 5.30 middle school, 6.30 high school. You need to be a C. You didn't think I was going to do that, did you? All right, so 5.30 middle school, 6.30 is high school. Uh, you guys come uh, tonight. Hey, we are in a series called Hope for Mental Health. And uh, if you've been here the past couple of weeks or you're brand new, we've been talking about issues. Last week, we talked about suicide. And uh, the week before that, we just kind of talked about the elephant in the room, we said, as a lot of churches don't like to talk about these issues uh, for one reason or another, we're going to talk about it. And so that's what we're doing in this series. Today, we're talking about depression. And I want to show you a video uh, that actually uh, one of our partners here at Summit sent us. Her name is Sarah Gibson. Sarah sent a video to me this week just about her journey uh, in uh, her battle with depression and how, how she's really met God in there in some really profound ways and, and just some ways that God has moved in her life and in her family's life. I just thought it really set up, uh, was a great illustration for what we're going to do today. So check the screens out and uh, listen to Sarah's testimony. 2011, my life changed dramatically. My father spent the night with me. I had just moved into an apartment, and he came over to help. Woke up, and it was kind of late, midday, and I knew something was wrong because the apartment was quiet, and my dad woke up extremely early, and he always made me breakfast. And I walked into my living room, and I found my father on my couch. And he had passed away. This was a very devastating time for me. I was angry at God. Um, I hated him. I hate to say that. But I did at that time. I yelled at God and I would ask him why. I started working at a new agency. And I transferred to Hazard. And... Um, my co-worker, my, my supervisor, started working with me, and I was telling her kind of like things I was going through, like grief and, you know, what happened with my dad and things that I experienced. Well, she invited me to Summit. So me and my husband went, and um, we fell in love with Summit, fell in love that day. And that one invite has changed my life. We have been going there for three years now and uh, we become a partner of Summit. We, uh, my little girl got saved there, my stepdaughter, and my husband got baptized um, on a marriage retreat in Buckmore. So just that one invite had, has changed my life. About a year ago, Mark preached a sermon on depression. And I won't ever forget this sermon because it touched my life. 
From that, I started seeing one of my coworkers, she's a therapist, between doing the spiritual walk with God and seeing my coworker has really changed my life. What does God say to your depression? Cry out to me. Hold on. Remember you are not alone. God may let you struggle, but God wants to give us a revelation of who he is. I still struggle. It comes grief and stuff comes through like a roller coaster, but I don't let it consume me. I go to God, and I feel the emotions and feelings that um, has come about. You're not alone. That anything unexpected can happen, but God is with you. He's walking through this journey with you, and he hasn't left you. Awesome. I love Sarah's story there and just to just really a perfect illustration of everything we're going to do here uh, this morning as we are talking about depression in our series Hope for Mental Health. And uh, this week is Thanksgiving and, and uh, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. I love this time of year. I love the holidays. I just eat it up. I, I think this time of year is great. It's my favorite time of year to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I also know that a lot of people struggle this time of year. I don't know if you knew this or not, I read that 5% of the American population struggles with seasonal depression. And I've had conversations with several people in our church that, that maybe just after Halloween or in between Halloween and Thanksgiving, just something like a wave comes over them as, as they just maybe remember a loss from years ago or maybe from that year. And, and, the, and the holidays are an extremely difficult time for a lot of people, several people in our church. You get out of seasonal depression, and I read that 16 million Americans have a major episode of depression every year. A little over 2% of Americans have bipolar disorder. And I also read that 10 to 15% of mothers develop postpartum depression. And these are conversations that I have with people in our church every single week. And for some reason or another, and this isn't in our church only, it's in every single church, but for one reason or another, the church is just quiet about these kind of things. Uh, the church doesn't really like to talk about these kind of things or, or we don't know how to handle these kind of things. And so I just want to be as clear as possible this morning so that we can all understand. And I just want to plainly say that Christians get depressed too. I mean, we talked about it in this series. You know, Elijah, uh, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19, Elijah gets depressed. He runs into the woods. He literally prays, God, take my life. Jesus, the night before he's crucified, says, God, my soul's weariful to the point of death. We're in the book of Psalms in this series. We've seen David and other psalm writers. We're gonna see it in just a few minutes. They, they battle this depression, these kind of inner battles on the inside. And then you get out of Scripture, and some of the most famous people in the history of Christianity uh, fought these things as well. I think of a guy, uh, a hero of mine named Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon's called the Prince of Preachers. He's actually probably the first preacher to have a worldwide following outside of his church in the history of Christianity. Hundreds of years ago, they actually printed his sermons and they were sent all over the world. People read Charles Spurgeon's sermons and he had a, a hard battle uh, his whole life with depression. In one sermon, He's just sharing with his church about what depression looked like in his life. And he says this. He said, my spirits were sunken so low that I could weep by the hour like a child. And yet I knew not what I wept for. 
So all of that to say, if you're here today and, and, and this is your battle or you're watching online, I just want you to know that you're not alone. All of that to say, you are not alone. Scripture and you are surrounded by people this morning who have that same kind of inner battle. And here's what I know. I know that one sermon is not going to be the end all and do all if that's your battle. Uh, depending on how deep this goes for you, you're going to need a strategy that covers every base of who you are as somebody made in the image of God. So you're going to need to cover the emotional bases, the physical bases, the spiritual bases. You're going to need to cover all of that. So it might include things like going to a doctor. It might include things like medication. And if it does, it doesn't mean you're a second-class Christian or God looks down on you at all. You're probably going to have to think about things like diet and exercise. But here's what I want to do today. What I want to do today... And Psalm 43 is where we're going to be. So if you want to open up your Bible to Psalm 43, what I want to do today is it doesn't matter if your battle's depression or even really anything at all with mental uh, health. Whatever that inner battle is for you, I believe that by God's help, if we were to make these things a reality, if God were to help us make the things we're going to talk about this morning a reality in our lives, then we would begin to see real breakthrough in our lives. So hopefully you've got a Bible. I want us to go to Psalm 43. That's where we're going to be at uh, this morning. And so we're going to read Psalm 43. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the words are on the screen uh, probably here in just a, few, uh, just a few minutes if they're not there already. Psalm 43 says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the leer, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him my salvation, and my God. We don't really know who the author of Psalm 43 is, but just listen to what he's going through. Verse 1, he feels like everybody's abandoned him. Everybody's turned against him. Verse 2, just like Spurgeon said a moment ago, he's mourning for no reason. He's crying. He's in this dark place just coming on him like waves. He can't really identify why. Verse 3, he's in the darkness, and he prays that God would send him some light just to try to get out. And we've seen these kind of things over and over every single week in this series because we're in a genre in the book of Psalms called the Psalms of Lament. And one of the things that I want us to see as we're in these, and we'll wrap the series up next week, one of the things I want us to see about these Psalms is the people who wrote these Psalms, David and other people, they are not just complaining to God. They're not just letting God have it. You know, they're not venting to God. Sometimes people come up to me and they say, listen, man, I can't wait to make it to heaven because I'm going to let God have it. I can't wait to get to heaven because I got a lot of questions. Listen, when you get to heaven and you come face to face with Jesus, you're going to fall on your face and worship and who knows how long you're going to be there. You're not going to worry about them questions, right? All right, so you're not, about to, you're not about to put God in his place, okay? But they're not venting to God. See, there's a difference between complaining and lament. If you, if you know the story of Israel, when they get out of Egypt, God delivers them from Egypt, and they're, going to the, they're walking through the desert. They're on their way to the promised land. And all Israel did in the book of Exodus, once God set them free, is complain. You know that story? It's all they did is complain. They complained to Moses. They complained to Aaron. They complained to each other. It's too hot. There's no food. There's no water. It's better back in Egypt, even though they were killing us. And they just 
just complained the whole time. And they complained to each other. All they did was talk about God to other people. We can do that a lot of times, can't we? We talk to each other and we say, I don't know why God is doing this to me. I don't know why nothing ever works out for me. And we complain about God to each other. Look at me. That is a great way to make your faith shrivel up and die because it caused Israel to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. See, one of these people, one of these groups, the Israelites, complained about God. The people that we're talking about in the book of Psalms, the Psalms of Lament, teach us how to wrestle with God and say, God, this is where I am, but this is who you are. So the goal here is not to vent to God. The goal here is not just to tell God how we feel. We got to learn how to wrestle with God and say, God, this is where I am. This is what I'm going through, but this is who you are. One of those will kill your faith. The other one will cause your faith to grow. And so, so how can we experience that? So, so I think that God gives us a three-step strategy that, God, that with God's help, we see real breakthrough in our lives in the inner battle. Depression, doesn't matter what it is, I think we'd see some real breakthrough based out of Psalm 43. So here's the first thing. If you're uh, taking notes, write this down. The first part of our strategy is the word Fight. Fight. You ever been in a fight? Raise your hand if you've been in a fight before. Some of you probably were on a fight on your way to church. I love it. It's great. Last night I was watching a great, one of my favorite Christian movies in the world. It's a great Christian movie. It's called Braveheart. Um, and uh, I was watching the edited TBS version, y'all. Get your heads out of the gutter. And, um, but man, you watch that movie, man, they bring a lot of stuff to these fights, right? Like spears and all kinds of things. You can bring all kinds of weapons to a battle or a war, depending on what the battle is. But the Apostle Paul tells us in, 2, in 1 Corinthians, rather, that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. That we have different weapons because we are fighting a different battle. Psalm 43, this is an inner battle. Depression is an inner battle. And one of the strongest weapons that we have to fight those inner battles is the weapon of prayer. Now listen to me when I say prayer, because some of you just wrote me off, because listen, what I am not saying, I am not saying, hey, if you're depressed, you just pray more, you'll be okay. Hey, hey, listen, if you just prayed harder, then everything would work out for you. Then you wouldn't struggle the way that you would. You know, we have a really small, weak view of prayer, don't we? Don't we? I mean, we have bumper stickers that say, when all else fails, pray. And in fact, if you drove this morning and that's on your car, we have volunteers who are scraping that off your bumper right now. Right? We're just taking that off. Right? And then we wonder why God doesn't come through. We've tried everything else. Oh, well, last-ditch effort. Let's pray. Listen, prayer has raised the dead. Prayer changes a nation. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that we have. When Elijah was in the darkest moments of his life, when Jesus was in the darkest moments of his life, and here in the book of Psalms, the darkest moments of their life, what do they do? They pray. See, prayer is a weapon. So when he says, God, the world's turned against me. God, it's too dark. And God, if you'd send some light, I'd walk out of this. Essentially, what he is saying is, God, you don't want me here, and I refuse to settle for this. See, too many of us have settled when God has told us to fight. Too many of us have just waved the white flag of surrender on things that God is calling us to fight for. So we say things like, well, my marriage is never going to get better. Why pray? Well, I'm never going to change. Why pray? Listen, prayer is a weapon. 
What is prayer? Here's a simple definition of prayer we all know. You know, a lot of people say, well, what's prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Can I give you a definition of prayer that's my favorite? My favorite definition of prayer, I have no idea who said this. I've heard it so many times, but it's always just spoken to a deep place in me. This is my favorite definition of prayer. It's this. Prayer is rebellion against the status quo. Prayer is rebellion against the status quo. Prayer looks at the world around me and the world in me and says, God, this is not where you want me to stay. This is not where Jesus lived, died, and came back to life for. God, this is not what you want me to settle for. Prayer is rebellion against the status quo. And so whatever that inner battle is to fight is to see that battle that's going on inside of us and to cry out to God even when it's dark and we can't see him like it's doing here and to say to God, God, this is not where you want me to stay. This is not your will for my life. I mean, we all know the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Right? I don't know the part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus tells us to pray, God, your will be done, you finish it, on earth, what? As it is in heaven. What is that? See, we said that we don't even feel anything. We got it cross-stitched on a pillow. We got it on a tacky sweatshirt with a deer drinking out of a string. That is a prayer of rebellion. That is a prayer that Jesus looks at the world. Jesus Christ looks at the world that we live in right now and says, it is not the way that I want it to be, and I will change it. Amen? Do you think Jesus looks at some of the things in our lives and says, that is not where I'm leaving you. I am bringing you out. Do not settle for it. Your will on earth as it is in heaven is a prayer of rebellion because, listen to me, listen to me, depression goes in the presence of Jesus. Amen? In the presence of Jesus, there is no panic attacks. Panic attacks cease and they never come back. So I don't know how deep that battle is for you in Christ. You are walking to freedom today. You are heading to freedom. Jesus is bringing you out of that battle and you have already won in Christ. Amen? I am preaching better than you're listening. I feel like this sermon is going way better than some of you are responding. Some of you are like this. Well, you don't know my battle, and I want to tell you that Jesus is alive, and you are heading to freedom. You are walking to freedom. You are walking to freedom this morning. So you got to fight. you got to fight in prayer and say, God, don't let me believe you're keeping me here. Don't let me believe that it ends here because, God, I am walking to freedom. So the first thing is fight. Look at your neighbor and say, fight. Punch them if they're asleep, all right? Number two, speak. Number two is speak. I love verse five. Verse five is awesome. Verse five, we're gonna see it again next week in Psalm 42. Psalm 42 and 43 go together. We just flipped the order. Verse five, look at this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Who is he talking to there? Right in the middle of his prayer, he starts talking to himself. Right in the middle of talking to God, he starts talking to himself. He almost gives himself this inner pep talk. He says, why are you cast down, oh, my soul, hope in God? God, he's telling himself to hope in God. Why does he do that? Here's why. Because Proverbs 18, 21 says that our words have the power of life and death. Did you know that? That your words, the words you say to yourself and the words you say to other people, they have the power to kill and to destroy. Our words have the power of life and death. I mean, think about how we talk about our lives all the time. I hear some Christians, 
And all they talk about are their struggles. Do you know what I'm talking about? All we talk about are our struggles. And listen, do we struggle? Do we struggle? Absolutely we struggle. But are we victorious over those struggles? Amen, we are in Christ. Sometimes Christians get together and it's just a competition of who stinks the most. Man, I'm struggling. Oh, you think you're struggling. Listen, you don't know how much I'm struggling. Oh, I'm struggling worse than you, you loser. Right? And it's just like, who stinks the most? Right? Whose life is falling apart the most? And all we do is talk about and think about the struggle. Can I just say to everybody that's fighting the fight of depression, I just want to say this as humbly as I possibly can. If this is your inner battle, I want to tell you this morning, depression does not define you. In Christ, depression does not define you. Anxiety doesn't define you in Christ. Panic attacks don't define you in Christ. I mean, what if I heard somebody say this this week? What if we just made a little shift in our language and instead of always talking about the struggles that we have, what if we just made a little shift in our language and we started to say things like, you know what, I am walking out of depression and into joy. I am walking out of anxiety and into peace because I am walking to freedom. Hello? I mean, think about the way you talk to yourself. Do you talk to yourself? I talk to myself. It's in verse 5 of the Bible. I think it's biblical to talk to yourself. I love it, right? Anybody else talk to themselves? This is just me trying to get moral support from me. Thank you. I talk to myself all the time. Think about the inner dialogue that you have with you. Think about it. The way you talk to you, your inner dialogue, is it life or is it death? What is it? The way you talk to you about your life, your situation, are you speaking life to yourself or are you speaking death to yourself? Listen, Summit, as a church, I am always talking to you about getting into the Word of God. I am always talking to our church about reading the Bible. But here's an idea. What if we started to speak the Bible over our lives? What if we started to speak the word of God over our lives and over our situation? I mean, this book is living and active. God created the universe with a word. What could a word do for your inner battle, right? So, so again, to speak the word of God over your life. I'll, I'll, just, I'll give you some examples. These are just scriptures that I've taken and just personalized them. You can do this with the word of God. Right? You can take the scriptures, the promises of God, and just personalize them, put yourself in them, make them prayers for yourself. Here's some, you can take a picture of this or write this down if these things help you. Here's things you can begin to say to you. I belong to God. The spirit who lives in me is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That's 1 John 4, 4. Psalm 139, verse 14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a purpose Here's this one. You can even say this one to yourself on Monday morning, right? You can say this tomorrow morning. My life is meant to be a blessing to the world. Here's one. God protects me and provides for me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ, Romans 8, 37. I can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4, 13. I love 2 Peter 1, 1, 3. I have everything I need right now to live for Jesus and do what Jesus has called me to do. And what you're doing as you do that, this is hard for some of us because all we have done for 30 years, 35, 40, 50, 70, 80 years of our lives, all we have done is spoken death to ourselves. It's going to take the power of God to begin to do this, isn't it? We're not just, we're not talking about picking up a new hobby or a habit. It's got to be the spirit of God filling you to change that inner dialogue. But we're talking about speaking life instead of death. I mean, this week is Thanksgiving. 
Isn't it? Right? This week is Thanksgiving. Here's a challenge for you. What if you prayed that the Holy Spirit would so fill your life, that God would so take over your life, that for the next seven days you didn't complain about anything? Some of you wouldn't talk. We wouldn't hear from you for seven days. But what if you, by the power of God in your life, what if you just didn't complain for seven days? I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Here, a lot of times we do this with our kids. Parents, we do this with our kids, right? Be thankful. Shut up and be thankful. Right? We do that? Is it just me? It's praying for help. What if we did that? Instead of speaking death, I'm going to begin to speak life. And we begin to speak these things. Watch what happens as I begin to speak the word of God over my life. So the first one is fight. Fight. What are we going to do? We're going to pray because prayer is rebellion against the status quo. I am moving towards freedom. We're going to learn how to speak the word of God, the promises of God over our lives. It's not just words on a page for somebody else. Listen to me. The Bible is true. It's a game changer when you begin to believe the Bible is true for you. We speak the word of God. Here's the last thing. Number three, we band together. We band together. Man, we said this every single week in this series. These are worship songs that the church sang together. This is what the worship band led in for the Israelites. These are songs that they prayed out loud together. These are prayers that they prayed out loud with each other. And I don't know what your mental uh, health battle might be. It might be depression or anxiety, panic attacks, PTSD, self-harm, suicidal thoughts. It might not have anything to do with that. But here's what I know. Not only is prayer one of the most powerful weapons that God's given us, guys, one of the most powerful weapons God's also given us is each other. The church, you can't fight these things alone. You can't fight these kinds of battles alone. So as Israel is singing together that God, that God, I'm in the dark. God, can you send me some light? Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. They are lifting each other up. I need that. I think you need it too. That's why the church exists, isn't it? That's why we do what we do. Not so that we can have religious entertainment. Not so that we can have an event that we go to every single week. The church is a group of people who cannot do life alone. We need God, and God a lot of times communicates and speaks to us through each other. So band together. Can I just be honest with you and share you, uh, with our church something I'm praying for? This series will end next week. But here's what I know will happen. Because it's happened for seven years. This conversation won't end. This series ends next week. But this conversation about mental health and these inner battles, they've been going on since we started in September seven years ago. Every single week, somebody's putting it on their connection card and turning it in. And praise God for your honesty. People are messaging me, and, and, and they're, they're, they're talking to each other. I'm counseling some of you in our church, and we meet every single week about these Issues. This series is going to end next week, but this conversation has not ended, and it's not going to. And I'm praying. I'm praying that God will begin to put the pieces together so that at some point in 2019, our church can begin to have a weekly ministry that helps people walk towards freedom in the area of mental health. You know, the title of this sermon series, Hope for Mental Health, usually we, we create those things on our own. I actually took this one from something that Rick Warren and his wife Kay developed after their oldest son committed suicide. Their oldest son fought depression his whole life, committed suicide, and it changed their lives. 
And, and they just went on this serious journey of mental health and how it affects the church. And it changed their church, Saddleback Church, the biggest church in the country. And they put together a resource that churches can use to help people in their churches battle uh, with this battle and move towards freedom called hope for mental health. And I am praying that God will begin to put the pieces together so that we can begin to offer this. And, and, and we're not starting anything today. And we're not starting anything next week. Honestly, we're not starting anything for a while because this is something that we have got to do right. But I just at least wanted to mention it in this sermon today and throw it out there that by chance the Holy Spirit might be speaking to somebody this is really connecting with you on an inner level and you're saying, hey, I would love to be a part of that. Hey, I would like more information on that. I would like to have some kind of hand in that. We're going to take a while before we get it started. We're going to train people and really make sure that we do it right. But when this series ends, can I just say as the pastor, the conversation hasn't, st hasn't stopped. And it's not going to. And it's the church's job to provide hope. Amen? Amen. And the reason we want to do that is because we need to band together because this is a fight that's too big for us on our own. And so if your battle is depression or maybe it has nothing to do with mental health, whatever that battle is, I just want to encourage you today, you are not alone. I know a lot of times we can come to church and try to put our Sunday best on clothes and face. Jesus Christ has exposed us all. We're so bad, Jesus had to die for us. So we don't have to act like we've got it all together. And in a moment of honesty this morning, just a time of vulnerability, I'm going to pray and I want our church just to take a step in this direction right now. I'm going to pray, and we're going to open up this altar. John's going to come up and lead us in a song we sang earlier. But if you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer this morning, I'm just going to open this up, and we're going to take some time, just a few minutes as we worship. We're going to take some time just to pray for one another. So if this is your battle or whatever your inner battle is, don't sit there and say, oh, man, I need prayer, but what will people think? In the 930, it was full up here of people who said, I need prayer this morning, and I believe, looking at some people here in the room, you need the people of God to just rally around you today and say, you are not alone. You are not alone in this fight because depression tells you you're alone, doesn't it? Depression will tell you no one's ever been there. And the church's job is to come alongside of you and say, we are right in it with you. So I want us to pray this morning, and we're just going to take some time and lift each other up, pray for and encourage one another and seek God here today. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that right now you would just come in this place. God, by your spirit, move in our hearts. And God, we just give you freedom to move here today. And God, we just confess that we need you. God, there's people in this room right now, and I know that they're in the same place that the author of Psalm 43 was. I know they feel like the world has turned against them. I know they feel like they're in darkness and they don't know how to get out. I know they've got questions that they're asking you and they don't know how they're going to be answered. I know that they're in a place where they feel like everything is closing in on them. And God, I pray that right now as we, as we sing, God, just as a church, Father, I pray that you would strip away our pride. God, that we would humble ourselves, God, and realize that this is a safe place. That if we're hurting today, we're in a good place. That, that if we've got questions today, we're in a good place. If we're searching today, we're in a good place. 
And God, just in the next few minutes as we sing, Father, for anybody that needs prayer, God, I pray that, that God, they would make a move and just come up here and pray. And I pray that we as a church would come up beside of them and that we would lay hands on them and that we would just lift them up and encourage them today to tell them they are not alone. We are with them and God is with them and they are loved today. So Father, I pray that this morning your spirit would move in our midst we would humble ourselves to say, God, we need you. God, we need you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Let's all stand as we sing. And guys, this altar is open. I just want to invite you to come. Don't wait and see what somebody else does. If you need prayer this morning about any situation at all, you come right now. You just come on right now. You just come on. People are moving right now. I want you to come. You come. And here's the deal. Summit as people are coming, as people are coming, I want Summit Partners to get up out of your seat, and I want you to come and just lay hands on people and pray with people. You don't have to know their situation. Just come up here and pray. So you come up here and pray together this morning. Let's seek God together.
Let's just go to God this morning. And with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I know that there's others of you here this morning, and that may be where you are. You say, Mark, I feel like I'm in a dark place. I feel like there's this inner battle going on, and, and I really don't know how to, how to wage it. I, I really don't know what to do, and I, and, and I need prayer today. If that's you, would you just put your hand in the air this morning so we can pray for you? Just put your hand high in the air this morning. Amen. There's a hand right there. Anyone else? Several hands there in the back. God bless you. Thank you for that honesty. There's more right over there. And God, I just pray for these situations, Jesus, because you know them. You are walking through those with them. And Father, I pray for breakthrough. I thank you that depression, anxiety will not get the last word. That Jesus in Christ, we are moving to freedom today. We are on the way to freedom today. We are on the way to you. And so God, I pray that that freedom would break through even right now. We would get a taste of it even right now. But, but church, you cannot do this without Jesus being a reality in your life. You can't. Without Jesus being, Jesus being a real person in your life, do you know him that way? If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, yeah, Jesus might be some, something that you believe in. He's an idea. You're a good person but he's not your Lord and your Savior. Listen, that's what he wants to be. And right now, you have the opportunity to give your life to Jesus for the first time. If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, forgive you for all of your sins and be your Lord and Savior. If you want to be what Jesus calls a disciple, a follower of him and live for him, to the best that you can for your whole life. Pray this prayer with me right there where you're at today. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you right now for the first time. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I give my heart completely to you today. Thank you for loving me and for dying for me and coming back from the dead for me, Jesus. Help me to live for you with your help starting right now for the rest of my life. And God, for the rest of our church, Father, I pray that Jesus, as, as our time of worship in just a few minutes is coming to a close, God, we're going to leave this building, but you're going with us. God, we're not walking out of here alone. And Father, I pray that you just drive that down into places in our heart, maybe where that's not real, where we're having a hard time believing that, that Jesus, we are your sons and daughters in Christ. God, let that define us. Our struggles don't define us. Who we are in Christ does. And so God, we praise you and we give you glory this morning. God, that we have the victory today in Christ. We are moving to freedom. We fight for it, we speak it, and we band together to preach it into each other's lives. Father, we love you. Ask God this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Church, let's give God praise for who he is and what he's done today. Now, now listen. Listen, you might be here in just a, in just a moment. Our, our ushers are going to come, so our ushers can go ahead and get in place. We're going to receive our offering. And you can go ahead and fill out that connection card. And let us know what God's doing in your life. Any decision that you made, you can fill out those cards and drop it in those baskets. But hey, let me just say, maybe you've been coming for, maybe today's your first time, or maybe you've been coming for a little bit. And you've been kicking the tires on church. You know what I'm saying? You, you've been giving it a test drive for a while, seeing what you think about it. Can I just say to you, I just want to challenge you. Listen, if you're not right now, at some point in your life, you're going to go through something that you can't walk through alone, and you need the church. So I just want to challenge you here today to take a step and to get connected, to get plugged in, to band 
together. That could look like you joining a serve group. That could look like you taking your connection card and signing up for first step or maybe even just coming to the welcome area and I'd love to talk with you really quick about about the church and just pray with you if you need prayer or anything like that but don't kind of sit on the sidelines God wants you to get in the game and a great way to do that also is in what we're doing right now as we give you know every time we give it tunes our hearts to heaven it does something inside of us where it says, you know what, the things of this world don't satisfy me, but Jesus does. I'm not going to settle for, for this world, Jesus. I want more of you. And every time we give, that's what happens in our hearts. And so right now as we give, whether you give here, whether you give online, I just want to say thank you. No gift is, is too small. God knows your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. And this is an act of faith that we can take and watch how God uses it in your life. So I'm going to pray for our offering this morning and John's going to, John, some of the worship team's going to lead us in a song. They're going to dismiss us today. We're going to worship as we give. Would you pray with me one last time? Father, thank you that Jesus, you are a giver. You gave your life and now you invite us to give. You invite us to the joy of giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so God, I pray that we would experience that joy, God, as we give God here online, that you would use it to transform the world, God, and that you would use it to transform our hearts. Father, we love you. We celebrate you today. We ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, God bless you as you give. Let's worship this morning.